What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And unfortunately, it is a solo show today. That's right. Cody, unfortunately, is uh, getting ready to leave out of town for work. So unfortunately, normally we record on Thursday. I'm actually recording on Wednesday. So uh, he's actually uh, getting ready to go. And then on Thursday, he is going to be out of town. So unfortunately, it is just me. But hey, we have a jam-packed show for you today. It is going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about Lakers. We're going to be talking about some NFL news. We have some Major League Baseball news. And if I have time, I really, really want to talk about the Australian Grand Prix in Formula One. So there's a lot to talk about. So I guess there's nothing else to say other than let's get started. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me. I do appreciate it. Uh, I know you guys were sick of hearing me uh, talk majority of the time last week because I had missed last week. Now, I am only going to be the only one who's talking, so I am very sorry for this. But, you know what, you're going to have to bear with me. But I'm really excited about today's show. Um, I kind of feel bad that Cody is not going to be here. Like I said uh, in the intro, he is going to uh, be out of town, so unfortunately he cannot make it. But, uh, you know what, we have... We have so much to talk about, you know, the show must go on, of course. Um, but I did want to bring up, if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're not, then uh, I'm sorry. But uh, we have the social media um, names on the very bottom for us. So please go follow us. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are all Drew Code Sports Talk, except for Twitter. Twitter, we are Drew underscore Talk. So please go follow us. Um, and we want to we want to interact with you guys on there. So please go check it out. Um, like I said, True Code Sports Talk, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So a lot to talk about today. I first wanted to start on the Lakers. Um, unfortunately, the Lakers missed out on the playoffs, and it's not all that surprising that the Lakers. Uh, ended up not being able to make it into the play-in. Um, the way that the season had gone, first of all, was a complete fail. I mean, it was it was awful. Um, but secondly, like, I don't know, everything that was going on, a lot of people were kind of questioning in the beginning of the year, Russell Westbrook coming over to the Lakers. Now, he is from L.A. I mean, he went to school uh, in college at UCLA, so, I mean... That doesn't get more L.A. than UCLA. Um, So he did go to school there. Uh, He was, I mean, I know he already had a home here, so uh, he was coming home. That was a really big deal for him. That was really cool for uh, Laker fans. And then we got Carmelo Anthony, who LeBron had been wanting to play with Carmelo for a long time, finally gets to. So, uh, you know, it was was really cool to, to see how everything was coming together. Uh, you know, Dwight Howard came back, and after you know the year that he had with us, uh, the last the when we won in the um, in the bubble, he had a great year um, and went off uh, onto another team, and unfortunately, it didn't really work out for him, so he came back. So it, it's it, it was kind of cool to see how everything was kind of coming around for the Lakers. It was kind of cool to see that LeBron was getting to play with some players that he had been wanting to play with for a while. Unfortunately, people were already questioning, is this the right move? Is this going to be a, a good 
team to play with? Is this going to be a team that can win? <laughs> you know, is this a team that can get to the playoffs? Majority of people said they believed that the Lakers were going to get in the playoffs. When you have LeBron James and you have Anthony Davis, that's already, it, it, it's hard to say, no, they're not going to make it. But in this case, they ended up not. And there's a lot of reasons for it. And this is kind of the question I wanted to bring up is who is to blame for the Lakers failed season this year? Now, there is a story out there that the Lakers uh, are going to fire Frank Vogel at the end of the year. Um, obviously, they have, um, you know, a few games left. I don't even think it's they have three games left. So that's one game against the Warriors, uh, a game against the Thunder, and then a, a game against the um, against the Nuggets. So not too much left. Um, so he's going to coach three more games, apparently. Listen, did Frank Vogel just coach out of his mind in 2020? I, I don't think so. I think he he had a really good team. Um, a couple of things went uh, went well for him. Uh, the first thing was obviously Anthony Davis got to be healthy. When coronavirus hit, we basically had a three month um, delay until we went back into the the um, NBA season, as I put air quotes up, um, and the kind of finished off, you know, teams finished, you know, the season uh, trying to either get into the playoff or, uh, you know, just kind of get in game shape, really. Um, and then we played those games. We had the playoff. It was really cool to see because it was kind of like the NBA saying, hey, the coronavirus is not going to stop entertainment and it was like a it was a huge deal um and the lakers are finally healthy that's what was the thing was lebron the year before had gotten injured we were a little worried that he might get injured even more uh that year anthony davis had already gotten injured in that year um but then all of a sudden kind of um had this three month off where he got to get healthy so um it was huge for the lakers the lakers absolutely benefited from being in the NBA bubble um, and having that, that time off. So it was a, it was a good mixture, but also I want to give Frank Vogel credit to this. He is a defensive head coach uh, in the NBA. Now you don't find those too often anymore because everything goes for offense, but of course Vogel really Harness what Anthony Davis was good at. And then he also used Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Alex Caruso. He actually even got LeBron James engaged a little bit. Rajon Rondo was actually kind of a, a decent defender. So there's a lot of things that were going well for the Lakers. And unfortunately, um, you know, it didn't last. But in this, in that year, they came together. They played well. They won the championship. It was, it was awesome. It was great to see. Um, I thought they did the play in, I thought it was a really good play and I thought the bubble was really good and no one saw the Miami heat, you know, making it and they ended up making it and, you know, they were exhausted by the end, of course. Uh, we all know the famous picture of, of Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler, but it was, it was really, it was really inspiring to see that, you know, hey, we can still have sports even in this pandemic thing. Now, of course, everything worked out well, you know, where, uh, you know, the vaccines started coming in, obviously, and, and all that jazz. And now we kind of have normal seasons almost. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to push the envelope just yet, but 
it is really cool to see that uh, we basically had a regular season, which was which was amazing, but not amazing for the Lakers. Um, a lot of people want to put the blame on LeBron James. LeBron essentially just brought this team together. Yes, that's true. Um, Russell Westbrook, he's to blame. Uh, he's not playing well. 100%, he's not. Um, Anthony Davis, he can't stay healthy. The guy comes back and he comes back out of shape, and then he's injured the whole time. I mean, does this guy even care about basketball? That's fair. Frank Vogel, he lost the locker room. That's fair. I think all of these are true. <laughs> And that's why I think it's kind of funny that we have this question. I feel like it's kind of a dumb question of who's to blame for the Lakers? Is it LeBron James? Is it Anthony Davis? I don't think it's one person. I don't think it's one event that happened. I think it's everything all combined. I think them going after Russell Westbrook instead of making the move for uh, DeMar DeRozan or Buddy Heald, and there's stories out there where they had Buddy Heald to a contract and they nixed it because they wanted to get Russell Westbrook because LeBron wanted Westbrook. Okay, that's fair. But did the Lakers, I mean, is that LeBron James' fault? Yes, that's 100% LeBron James' fault. But at the same time, the Lakers could have said, no, we don't want him. We want Buddy Heald. He's a guy who can shoot. We need shooters. Um, so there's, there's a lot to blame to go around. Um, Frank Vogel was kind of put in an impossible situation no one saw them winning the championship with Vogel they thought he was probably going to be fired in the middle of the year it was going to be Jason Kidd and then Jason Kidd was going to take over the team well that didn't happen coronavirus hit and of course the Lakers ended up winning the championship and it was like well we can't keep Jason Kidd we have to keep Frank Vogel um and so they did that and um you know, the rest is history, I guess. Uh, listen, did Frank Vogel do a phenomenal job? I think he did an okay job. I think he was okay, but the last two years weren't great. Do I think it's all his fault? No. I think LeBron is partly to blame. I think Russell Westbrook is partly to blame. I think Anthony Davis is partly to blame. So what do the Lakers go do from here? This is simple. The Lakers need to essentially kind of blow everything up, in a sense. I think they need to keep LeBron James. I don't think you get rid of LeBron James. I think it's foolish that there are people who are saying that we should get rid of LeBron James. I don't think so. I think if you keep LeBron James, but you also let him know, hey, we're going to do our job. We're, we're not going to get your friends, okay? As much as you want to get your friends, we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to get smart basketball players that are going to fit this team and this head coach and you. It's not about just you. It's about everyone on this team. And we have to do what's right by the Lakers and for the fans. So for me, the Lakers, what you need to do, you need to trade Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been notorious for coming in after uh, their championship run. He was out of shape. He had to play games to get into shape. And all he has done is get injured over these last few years, and it's been injury after injury and after injury. Now, is this guy injury-prone? Maybe. But I think it's a safe question to also say, is it possible that maybe he just doesn't put in the work where when he goes into a game, he kind of gets injured because he's not really ready for what's to come? I think that's fair, too. And I think you don't want a guy on your team like that. I think you need to trade him for... Uh, a, Dam a Damian Lillard, I think that would be a smart move. A Bradley Beal would 
would fit really well. Um, or even, I was even thinking, even like a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard, I think the Clippers might be willing to make a trade like that. So my thing is you got to get rid of Anthony Davis. That's actually the first and foremost thing. The second thing is I think it's time to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Whether you have to buy him out or you're just going to, I don't know, trade him. I don't think you're going to be able to, but if you if you can, I would do it. Um, not for John Wall. I think John Wall is literally the same person, just slightly younger. I don't think it's worth it. And I think it's basically getting another Anthony Davis, a guy who constantly gets injured. It's just not worth it. Um, so for me, get rid of Russell Westbrook. Get rid of Anthony Davis. Um, you know, you can keep Carmelo if you, if you want to. He is a good shooter. He's kind of a liability on defense, but he is a lengthy guy, so um, he could essentially help in, in some ways. So I think the Lakers just need to kind of get rid of everything and, and kind of start from scratch. Maybe if you trade Anthony Davis, you just try and get draft picks and, and tell LeBron, hey, listen, we're going to save these draft picks for, uh, for your son. We want to draft Bronny. Um, that way you'll stay with the Lakers, but you're going to have to endure maybe a year or two of, of some bad luck. So, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to convince him of that, but who knows? I think he likes LA. I don't think he wants to leave. I think it's kind of another one of those stories where I think he's just floating it out there to kind of scare the Lakers. I don't think he wants to leave. There's too much that's going good for him, uh, non-basketball wise here to where I think he would, he would leave. So that's kind of my my spiel on the Lakers. Um, Cody and I have been talking about this all over Marco Polo, so um, I'm sure he'll have a, th- a few things to say to me uh, when he when he is able to listen to this. So, all right, guys. So some actual NFL news. It's been kind of slow ever since you know the whole Devontae Adams, uh, Matt Ryan, you know Deshaun Watson whole stuff. Ever since then kind of slowed down but there are some uh some stories out there by uh uh in the out in the nfl the first one i did want to talk about was stefan diggs now stefan diggs signed in a contract extension uh the contract extension is essentially four years 96 million dollars um now he's going to receive 21 and a half million dollars signing bonus and 70 million total guaranteed so this is a fully guaranteed contract for um, Stefan Diggs, which is, well, not fully guaranteed. It looks like he's got about $5 million left, but essentially it's a full guaranteed. Um, that's just going to be incentives like, you know, uh, hitting a certain, you know, 1,000-yard mark, 100-catch mark, whatever it may be. Uh, they're going to give those incentives. So, listen, $70 million for four years is about roughly a little more than $17 million per year. Stefan Diggs is, in my opinion, close to top 10, if not like number 10. Um, he's To me, he's like maybe 9, 10, 11, 12 range in, in NFL receivers. So to get him for $17 million is, I think, actually a real steal. Um, I... I think that Stefan Diggs is good. I think he fits well with Josh Allen. But there are some times where I do forget that Stefan Diggs is on the field. Um, and because he hasn't been a big red zone threat lately, um, it's been more like Dawson Knox for the Bills. Um, I think Stefan Diggs probably could have got paid a lot more 
um, going to another team if he really wanted to, but I think he understands what's happening in Buffalo, what's happening with Josh Allen. This is something special, and I need to stay here. And I think that's what Stefan Diggs did. Um, good for him for getting paid. I, I, I don't mean to um, you know, dump on his name or, or, or dump on him as a player. I think he's a fantastic player. But all I'm trying to say is I think there is a lot of people like Stefan Diggs, you know, he's getting, getting this huge contract extension. If you really look at it and what other receivers are getting, I think they got him for a steal. Um, and I think, you know, people would overpay for him, but I think the Bills understood what they have in Stefan Diggs. But at the same time, they probably were like, hey, man, sometimes it's not great. So you're going to you're not going to be able to get in that 20 million dollar range but we can give you some good money and listen if it all, if all goes well this is a championship caliber team and you could be a super bowl champion so you pay we pay you a little less but you might have uh, you might gain all that back in just winning a super bowl so i think this is awesome uh for Stefan Diggs and I think this is awesome for the Bills. I think this is uh one of those things that makes sense. <laughs> and um I think that you um you're gonna see that Stefan Diggs is gonna be probably the first like four games of the season next year, he's gonna be pretty motivated. Um but you know obviously season injuries, season uh, kind of uh, bumps and bruises, essentially. Uh, he's going to kind of have a couple of games where it maybe won't be great, but uh, he's going to be on a great team. So good for Stefan Diggs, good for the Bills. I think this is all a perfect fit, um, and uh, hopefully we get to see more uh, Stefan Diggs touchdowns this year than, than we did really last year. So another story that came out was Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski, there's kind of some rumblings that he might retire. Now, this is kind of surprising to me that it's lasted this long because since uh, Tom Brady said, you know, I'm coming back this year, um, you know, Gronk has essentially done this every single year the past like three, four years where everyone's like, is he going to retire? Is he not? Is he going to come back? It looked like he was going to retire when Tom Brady was saying he wanted out of New England. And so it kind of looked like he was just going to be done. And all of a sudden he goes to Tampa Bay and Gronk was like, mm, I think I'm going to come back. So he came back, had a really great year. Um, Gronk has actually been um, known that he doesn't really, um, what's the best word to say? Um, he doesn't really um, give it his all on the offseason. He doesn't really watch tape. He's not a he's not a Tom Brady in that sense. He's more of a guy who, um, you know, is just going to kind of go with the flow type guy, which has been his brand all, uh, you know, his whole career. So has it worked out for him? Obviously it has. Uh, but that's why he kind of has these injuries. Um, and I think Gronk really is actually considering, am I going to leave? But the fact of the matter is, I think he's coming back. I don't think he's going to retire. Um, with Tom Brady retiring and then coming back, I think he's ready to play one, at least one more year. Um, and if Tom Brady wanted to come back, I think he's going to want to come back. I think he doesn't like that he didn't win last year, just like Tom Brady. He is a competitive guy, just may not be um, a guy who wants to do all the work all the time, which... 
most of us are. <laughs> it's it's few far in between of people who are like a Tom Brady, like just want to completely grind the whole time. Um, you know, sometimes you just want things handed to you, and Gronk has been lucky to have a lot of things handed to him. Uh, no offense, but he has had a uh, a great career, and I, I don't think he's going to end it this year. I think he's going to continue um, with what he uh, what he wants to what he wants to accomplish, which is probably another uh, Super Bowl win, uh, and then retire. I think he wants to go out, you know, guns a blazing, you know, right off in the sunset type deal. I think he wants to do that with Tom Brady because I don't think he wants to play with any other quarterback. Um, and why would you? So good for, I mean, Gronk, I know he's saying he's not sure he's going to come back. He he did this last year where we were like, is he going to come? But he's going to come back. I guarantee it. I, I mean, put it on the shelf, mark it down, uh, mark this, you know, write this date down as I'm recording April 6th, write it down at 10 30 PM, <laughs> write it down. So, uh, you will remember this. I think he's coming back. I don't think it's, uh, I don't honestly, I really don't think it's uh, a question. So, all right, guys. So I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Major League Baseball news. And I really think I have enough time to talk about Formula One. So I'm really excited. This is the first time that we're going to be talking about Formula One. I know Cody doesn't know much about it. So I'm taking advantage of him not being on the show to talk about it. So stay tuned and we'll be back. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming back or listening to this episode, as I've already said before. But I just really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, bearing with me and and listening to me um, basically rant. I mean, I would be doing this in my car, so it's really cool to have an outlet to kind of do it on on an actual podcast. So I do appreciate that. So I want to talk about some MLB news. There's a lot. There's a lot of MLB news now. If you're not really plugged into Major League Baseball, um, you're not watching Sports Center every single day, um, you know, or you just kind of have it on in the background. You probably this isn't really going to move the needle that much, but it is if you are a big Major League Baseball fan. These are some things that have really been uh, well, they're they're big in baseball. The first one I wanted to bring up, a guy who is a potential AL MVP uh, candidate this year, uh, Jose Ramirez. He just signed an extension with the Cleveland Guardians, obviously formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. He just signed to a five-year, $124 million extension. Now, I was trying to see if that is fully guaranteed um, there is no news on whether it's fully guaranteed or not, or that I have seen, but as far as I know with baseball, majority of this is fully guaranteed. So that's going to be great for him and his family. So congratulations to Jose Ramirez on getting that big contract extension. Uh, the other thing is, is it is a full no trade clause. Now in today's day and age, of course, uh, no trade clauses don't really mean much. <laughs> you know, they used to be like, oh, he's he's on there for good. Uh, now it's like, well, if he's disgruntled, we'll trade him. Um, and uh, so that's that's kind of something to, I guess, keep an eye on. I thought at the beginning of this year that Jose Ramirez could potentially be a trade piece 
for the Guardians if they're not making to the uh, making it in the playoffs. Which this team is is um, okay. I I, I don't want to like you know thrash or trash on the the Guardians here, but I do also want to say that you know they still have a lot to. Um, add to their team before I would really consider them a, um, you know, World Series type team. But Jose Ramirez is a good start, at least. Uh, they also have, you know, a really good pitching rotation. I'm not going to go down the, the all the names, but like a Shane Bieber, uh, for instance, he is coming back now. He had some injuries last year. Coming into this year, if he can stay healthy, he is a potential AL Cy Young um winner so he he is a guy who um who could be really good for the guardians so they have one and two right there you know in their team on their team you have your your ace and now you have your best position player jose ramirez who again like i said is a potential ale mvp candidate so uh this is good news for the guardians this is good news for cleveland uh we'll see how the year goes i did like i said i did see them possibly trading him um, at the trade deadline, if uh, it didn't look like it was everything was going to go well for them, but looks like everything's going okay. So, hey, good good for Jose Ramirez. Good for the Guardians to uh, to sign him to this extension and essentially have him for another five years. So, huge news. The other thing was basically almost I don't know a few hours before uh, Cody and I recorded last week. Uh, some news came up about the Dodgers, and the Dodgers actually traded A.J. Pollock. Now, A.J. Pollock was um, an outfielder for the Dodgers, originally from the Diamondbacks, uh, struggled with injuries, was uh, put on the Dodgers. He struggled with injuries again with the Dodgers, but last year he came up huge, especially when um, Cody Bellinger was really struggling. Chris Taylor had a really big slump. Uh, I forget what month, but he had like a a month last year where he was just completely awful. Um, and AJ Pollock really stepped up and was really doing well. He's a guy who he's got power where he could hit potentially 25 home runs um, all the way down to maybe only like 15 home runs. Um, he can get you some RBIs, but he's a great leadoff guy because he makes really good contact. He doesn't strike out a ton. He's a good fielder. He's not the best arm, but he's a, he's a guy who, who's a really good starter. He, he should be starting somewhere. Now, when you talk about the Dodgers, they're loaded with players. I mean, we had talked about last week where I was saying Gavin Lux is literally a guy who would start on any other Major League Baseball team except for the Dodgers, and it just so happens he's on the Dodgers. So A.J. Pollock was kind of similar to that. He's a guy who probably will be starting um, literally anywhere, (laughs) any other baseball team except for the Dodgers. And so uh, the Dodgers kind of had a need after Kenley Jansen signed with the Braves. They kind of let him go, essentially, too. They didn't really make a huge offer for Jansen. So they needed a closer. It looked like I had said on this podcast too, that I thought that Blake Trinan was probably going to be their closer. Well, come to find out the trade AJ Pollock to the White Sox for Craig Kimbrell straight up. Uh, it was the, um, it was, there was no cash involved, no other prospects. It was a straight up trade, which is rare in baseball now. Um, so I think this is good news for the Dodgers. Um, you know, 
listen. I don't know if this really makes them better. Like, Craig Kimbrell is good. Now you know who your starter is. Now you can throw out Blake Trinan as your setup guy who he was great as your setup guy. But at the same time, you kind of lost a guy in A.J. Pollock, and we had talked about some of the struggles that Cody Bellinger is going through right now uh, in spring training. Um, they, you know, they kind of have some some issues. Now, does this really make the Dodgers worse? No, it doesn't make them worse. But I feel like A.J. Pollock filled a hole that they needed at the right time. And I don't know if they have a guy who can essentially do that like A.J. Pollock did last year. So that's what concerns me. So I think you lose a bat, a good bat, but you gain a good bullpen guy. Um, You know, I think Kimbrell, is Kimbrell better than um, Kenley Jansen? I would say right now he is. I think Jansen still has some good stuff, but I think Kimbrell right now at this time is having more success than, than Jansen. I think Jansen just really benefited from a really great uh, Dodgers team. Um, and then Pollock, I think it's good for Pollock because now he's going to go to a team. And the White Sox have a really good outfield in uh, Eloy Jimenez and, and um, Luis Robert who are both fantastic. So, um, you know, I think A.J. Pollock could, could still play every day. Um, I think, you know, you can give those two guys a rest or he could play, you know, on the other outfield position that they're not. So um, I think it's good for A.J. Pollock. I think it's good for Craig Kimbrell. I think he's going to a better situation. So, you know, if he kind of messes up, uh, he's got a great lineup behind him to kind of to kind of help him and a great defense, by the way. So the Dodgers, listen, I don't think it makes them better, but I also don't think it makes them worse. I just think it's kind of uh, – I, I didn't really understand the trade um, to a certain extent. I mean, like I said, obviously they kind of had a bullpen need, so they went after bullpen and got rid of a guy who is a really great outfielder, but unfortunately uh, that's kind of what you have to do to get a, a great bullpen guy. So, um I don't know why the White Sox did it, but um, you know, I think uh, I think I'm a little worried about the White Sox now because they're kind of getting rid of a lot of their players. So we'll see what, how how everything goes. But um, you know, well, it just it it just doesn't stop for the Dodgers, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Um, another trade that actually happened later in the week. Um, luckily, it didn't happen during our recording was the Padres. The San Diego Padres uh, traded for uh, the starting pitcher, Sean Manaya, who was formerly with the Oakland A's. Padres gave up a couple of uh, prospects. The A's gave up a prospect and also um, Sean Manaya. And um, I think this is a great move for the Padres. Sean Manaya, he struggled in the beginning of last year. He really struggled. I think he had an ERA close to like six or seven. It was it was really not good. Um, he kind of then went on the IL, and when he, he came back, he was pitching like the Sean Manaya that I remembered. He was a guy who was getting. He's not a guy who's going to get you know ten strikeouts every outing. He's going to be more in the you know six seven range of strikeouts, which is decent. Um, but he's a guy who's normally around like a 3.5 ERA, 
Um, you know, he's not going to give up a ton of walks. He doesn't walk a ton. Um, he, he's a good left-handed pitcher. I mean, he, he's he's nothing like super special, but he is an effective starting uh, pitcher. And I think the Padres really struggled with that towards the end of the year, especially with some of the injuries that they had. They really needed um, more of these top starting pitchers. Obviously, with Blake Snell last year, just absolutely just falling apart. So I think this was a good move for the Padres. Um, and I'm going to talk about the A's in a minute. So, But good for the Padres. I mean, give up some prospects. You have a young talent in Fernando Tatis. Uh, you have Manny Machado. You have, I said, Blake Snell. You Darvish, who's going to be the opening day starter for the Padres. So they have a lot of things going for them. They have to put it together, though. And that's been their issue the last couple of years that they've had Tatis and, and Machado and then making these moves. They really haven't brought it together. They haven't come together. A lot of people thought the Padres possibly could win the NL West over the Dodgers last year, and they couldn't even beat the Giants half the time. So let's see how it goes, but I think Sean Manaya is a safe bet for the Padres, um, and it's going to be a, a um, picture-friendly ballpark at Petco Park for, for Sean Manaya. so he might really benefit from that. So... Kudos to the Padres, and, and it's, it's really good for Sean Manaya to go to a team where uh, he can actually compete and, and you know, not tank. And speaking of tank, tanking, are the, A's, are the Oakland A's tanking? They're absolutely tanking. This, is, this goes to show you that they are absolutely tanking, and they're going to they're gonna say, no, this is what we've always done. We, you know, we give up these guys because, you know, they're asking for a little bit of money, and we don't have the money to pay for them, and yeah, listen, it's all bull, <laughs> okay? The A's are tanking. You don't get rid of half of your team just before the season starts like this. Now, these are different circumstances, obviously, because of the lockout that was happening and then all of a sudden free agency hit, and so now it's time to unload everything, so everything's all happening at once, but I think that's why it shows that they legitimately are tanking. You don't get rid of Matt Chapman. Why? Because he was asking for more money? Okay, well, you know, you can keep him until the end of the year and, you know, go from there. Their thought is, oh, well, we're going to trade him and we'll get prospects. Okay, but at the same time, like, you could do that at the trade deadline. So for me, and you probably get more at the trade deadline, especially if he's having a fantastic year, um, which Matt Chapman is more than capable of doing. So uh, they got rid of Matt Chapman, who's one of the best third basemen. Now he's on the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays are freaking loaded. Um, you talk about uh, Matt Olson was traded to the Braves and then signed a huge contract extension. I mean, good for him. He's one of my favorites from the NL MVP. If you haven't watched that video, go check it out. Um, so, you know, um, he was one of their big bats and he was a very consistent hitter. Uh, he was a guy who, um, was playing almost every day. I talked about, he missed six games last, all of last year. So, um, this is a guy who is going to really benefit the Braves. So again, is he a guy that you were really worried was not going to show up at the trade deadline? I don't think so. Then you trade Sean Manaya. Um, who was the other team that I am thinking about that they had, or other player, excuse me, that they had traded. They traded another guy as well. Um, 
they're just trading everyone. And it's it's oh Chris Bassett, sorry, I, he was one of the first ones who was traded. He went to the Mets. So um, you know, I I think the A's are obviously tanking, and it's for obvious reasons. They've asked for a new stadium in Oakland. Uh, this was the same issue that the Raiders had when they were in Oakland. They wanted a new stadium. No one wanted to pay for it. Rightfully so. It's already freaking expensive in the Bay Area as it is. So you adding uh, another tax to uh, the already high taxes, it's not going to go over well. So um, I think the A's are obviously tanking for a reason. They want Oakland to just say, just go, just go. And then they're going to go to Las Vegas. But the issue with the A's, and I don't think this is talked about enough, is the A's are notoriously cheap. It's not just Oakland. It's just that they're cheap and they can't afford a lot of these players. They can't afford these extinctions. They had Starling Marte. They let him go into free agency after trading for him. So for me, the A's are going to be the problem. Even if they go into Las Vegas, they get this brand new stadium, they're not going to play, uh, excuse me, they're, as I trip over my words, they're not going to pay for Chris Bassett's. They're not going to pay for Sean Maniah's. They're not going to pay for Matt Chapman's or Matt Olson's or Starling Marte's or any guys like that. They never do and they never will until they get all that money and I don't know if they can. So if they move to Vegas, I don't think this changes. So for me, the A's tanking, it doesn't make, as I'm going to bring out you know, a little bit of Southern, it don't make a lick of sense. All right? It just doesn't. This makes zero baseball sense in the terms of Oakland A's. Now, you could have some of these young guys come up and they do really great and the A's really do well with their prospects. But at the same time, you could keep some of your good players. One thing that I always I didn't like about Moneyball, if you've never seen the movie, go watch it. It's actually a really great movie. But they never show you that they had one of the best pitching rotations that year in a Barry Zito, a Mark Mulder, a Tim Hudson, guys who were at the top of their game at that time. A Jason Giambi, um, you know, they had uh, Miguel Tejada, who actually literally won the AL MVP that year. They never talk about it. Eric Chavez, a great third baseman, had a phenomenal year that year. So they talk about the Scotty Hattiebergs and, and um, you know, the David Justice, who was kind of on his last leg. But in all reality, that A's team had a good team, but also used guys that a lot of people kind of gave up on. And it was a mixture of those. And I thought the A's could do that with Matt Chapman, Olsen, um, Bassett, and Manaya, um, But unfortunately, they don't want to, and they're not going to. And it's pretty obvious that they're tanking, unfortunately. And I feel for Oakland A's fans, like, you know, I'm a huge Giants fan, of course. But, I mean, they're right next to us, and I don't hate the A's. I know I'm supposed to, air quotes again, but, uh, you know. I, I've always kind of had a soft spot for the A's just because they're always kind of second fiddle to uh, the Raiders and the Giants, you know, popular teams in the Bay Area and, and even the Warriors, especially lately. So um, I always kind of, you know, root for the A's a little bit. But unfortunately, this is not looking good for if you're an A's fan um, or you're an A's player, you're literally just playing to see what team you want to go to next year. So, all right. 
I'm so, 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 so excited to talk about Formula One. Now, if you don't know what Formula One is, go on Netflix. Go to a show that says Drive to, Sur- Drive to Survive Formula One. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It is absolutely phenomenal. One of the best Netflix shows um, that, that is out there. Uh, there's four seasons this past season. Uh, the fourth season was uh, in uh, the last 2021 um, F1 season. So, really good watch. Go check it out. Um, and uh, there's a big race coming on uh, on Sunday here. So, actually, tomorrow, Thursday, like I said, I'm recording. Here in the Australia, they're going to be in the Australian Grand Prix. They have free practices Thursday and Friday. Uh, and then they have a free practice on Saturday morning. Then they do a qualifying at Saturday night, and then the race is Sunday morning. It's an easy, easy watch if you've never seen uh, a Formula One race. Um, I'm going to look up how many laps are in this uh, particular uh, Grand Prix, but typically a race like this is really not that bad. Um, It's going to be a total of 58 laps. So... You know, it's going to be about an hour, an hour and a half of a race. It's not like NASCAR. There's twists and turns. Uh, They're going at 200 miles an hour top speed. Um, It's really interesting. The pits are even amazing. I mean, the pit stops are like four seconds long, and then they're out of there. It's really, really cool. It's, It's something that you should watch if you've never watched it. If you've always been like, why are people so into racing? Definitely watch Formula One. Don't watch NASCAR. It's not going to be. It's not going to be as good. Formula One is where it's at. It is phenomenal. But um, so go watch it anyway. I'm really excited about it. I've gotten really into it since the Netflix show. Um, I had never heard of Formula. Well, that's not true. I have heard of Formula One, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was like some European racing. Didn't think much about it. You know, I thought it was like basically. Uh, Europe's version of NASCAR, and I was like, I don't, I'm not really that into NASCAR. Um, I get the appeal, but I'm not into all these cars, and that's why I never thought I would like Formula One. Then I watched the show, fell in love with it, watched the races, they were so easy. My wife loves watching them in the morning. She will literally wake up. Some of the races are a little early on the West Coast time, so sometimes they're at like 6 a.m., and my wife... I set my alarm for 6 a.m. I watch the race. My wife is right there with me. She wants to watch it, too. She's ready for it. Uh, It is such a fun time. We have a really good time, and it's like you root for certain teams. You root for certain drivers. It's it's just all fun. But the Australian Grand Prix is really cool because one of the popular guys on on the circuit is Daniel Ricciardo. And Daniel Ricciardo, again, if you watch the show... You're going to fall in love with this dude. This dude is just so chill, so nonchalant. Now, the last two years, he's been on uh, the McLaren team. And last year, he had a really slow start. He finally won a race uh, last year. And then he started getting some some points um, in Formula One. And so it kind of looked like, okay... Ricardo had a couple of, you know, stumbles here and there, but now he's going to come into a race where, um, you know, he's going to come into this year uh, ready to roll. 
you know, Lando, Lando Norris, his teammate, uh, had a really good year. He's expected to have even a better year this year, so he's going to have to step up. Well, the question this week, unfortunately, is will Daniel Ricciardo step up? Um, now, Daniel Ricciardo is um, Australian. He's from Australia, so this is basically a home, uh, home race for him. And last year, he actually did not finish in the Australian Grand Prix. So this year, he's kind of struggled already. Uh, the first race, he finished but got zero points. Uh, the second race, uh, which was a couple of weeks ago, um, he actually uh, did not finish as he had some issues with his engine. So it hasn't been a great start for Ricardo. It hasn't been a great start for McLaren because even Lando Norris, who was supposed to take the step forward, has really struggled. And... Um, you know, Lando, Lando um, and Daniel Ricardo have kind of complained a lot about the car. Um, not necessarily to reporters, but, you know, the, during the race, you can hear them talking and they're just saying, you know, hey, it's slipping. Uh, you know, something's going on with the, with the you know, gearbox or whatever it may be. So uh, there might be an issue with the McLaren car. And hopefully these two weeks... They've kind of been able to fix it. Uh, we'll see at the free races. That's really a good determination of, uh, I'm sorry, free races, free practice. Um, it's a good determination on on how the car potentially will do uh, in the whole race. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I hope Daniel Ricciardo, I root for Daniel Ricciardo. He's probably one of my favorite drivers. Um, him and Lewis Hamilton, obviously, are probably the two guys that I really, really root for. I mean, there's, I like the Charles Leclerc, um, you know, Carlos Sainz. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Max Verstappen. I think he's kind of, eh. but like a Sergio Perez, um, who's a, uh, who's a uh, Mexican driver. Um, and he is really good and he's just been getting better and better each year. So, just it's it's a really fun race, but I really hope I'm really pulling for Daniel Ricciardo to at least get points. Um, and in Formula One, if again if you don't know, um, Formula One you get points if you're in first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Anything below that, which there's 20 racers, uh, anything below that you don't get any points, which is uh, really difficult. So, as I kind of brought up, Lewis Hamilton. Now, Lewis Hamilton drives for Mercedes. Now, this is another team that kind of has had a rough going. Now, if you look at the constructor standings, which is the team standings, if you will, uh, Mercedes is actually in second place with 38 points. But first place is Ferrari with 78. They're literally 40 points ahead. You can get a total, total... As, a, as one driver, 26 points. So if the other driver gets in second place, gets 18 points, um, you could get close, but you kind of have to hope that Ferrari doesn't get any points at that point. So right now, Ferrari has a huge lead. Mercedes is second. Red Bull is third. Now, Red Bull had a rough first race. It was awful. Both of their drivers... Um, did not finish, so they got zero points for that. Uh, and Mercedes ended up getting a few points uh, uh, the, the first two uh, rounds here. This is a big one. Mercedes has 
the last like what seven eight years has had the best car they've had the fastest car they've had the most durable car on the circuit now we're talking about mercedes barely hanging on to a second place lead and probably the way that red bull raced last week or i'm sorry last race it's not looking good for Mercedes, so they need to get something going. Now, Lewis Hamilton, there was a story I just saw that he has said that he has struggled with some uh, uh, some mental health, um, and that could be a cause. George Russell has actually done pretty well. Not great like what uh, Valtteri Bottas, who was the uh, driver last year for Mercedes, now it's George Russell. Um, you know, Bottas was notorious for just being... I always called him the second place man because he always ended up in second place if, if Hamilton ended up in first. Um, but actually, last year, Boltas won this Australian Grand Prix, so who knows? But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I really pull... I love watching Mercedes. I think the way they do business is is great, and so I, would, I want them to succeed. I love watching McLaren as well. Of course, Haas, who is the, um, the American team, which... You know, it's always debatable, but I'm going to call them the American team. Um, they've actually had a pretty good year um, as they're in fifth place in the Constructors' Cup right now. So we'll see. Um, there's a lot that can happen in um, in the uh, in the circuit in the Australian Grand Prix, but it's it's getting really exciting. And America is starting to add. Right now, they have a three total races. They're going to have Vegas next year. They have a Miami race this year. And uh, they're always Texas race that they have every year. So America is starting to notice Formula One a lot. And I wanted to talk about it because I love it. My wife gets so annoyed that I talk to her about Formula One all the time. But the show is phenomenal. The sport is phenomenal. Um, you don't even really have to understand everything. Um, it's just, you know, you root for a guy and you just kind of see and like I said, if you watch the show, you're kind of you're going to kind of understand a little bit of what's going on anyway. So um, I encourage you to go watch it if you haven't, and if you had, go watch the sport. It is absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, for me, like I said, I think Ricardo is going to have a better race this year. Do I think he's going to get points? <sighs> I'm not sure. The way that the McLaren car has been running, I don't think he will. Um, I think he's going to push the car, so I really do think he's either going to get points or he's going to crash. So, and I think I think the more likelihood is he's going to crash or essentially, I guess, just kind of get out of the race. Um, and as the question to you know, will Mercedes get out of their funk? I think they I think they can um, if Hamilton is in the right state of mind which I think he can be. He just went skydiving last week, so I think that's huge for him. I think that was a nice, okay, let me take a deep breath and let me start actually racing, and I think he's going to do that. So um, I think the Mercedes are going to have a better race. Now, are they going to... I think Red Bull is still going to you know, take a step above them, um, but I do think that Mercedes is going to kind of get out of their funk, and you're going to start seeing them getting better and better every single race. The big question is Ferrari. Are they going to continue their dominance? I think they might. This Ferrari car is really good. Um, and I love Carlos Leclerc and, and, um, and Carlos Sainz. So 
I'm sorry, Charles Leclerc. I said Carlos because I was reading Carlos. Um, Carlos Sainz and, and Charles Leclerc. I love both of those guys, and uh, I do. You know, I don't hate when they win. I really don't. So it's going to be an interesting race. But I really hope Ricardo can can step up and do well. Um, and I'm hoping that Mercedes gets out of their funk because I really want what we had last year, where it was Red Bull and Mercedes neck and neck at the end of the year. It was absolutely. Absolutely phenomenal. So that is all that I have for you guys today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to all of my nonsense. Um, I'm just so happy that I got to talk about Formula One. Cody's going to like listen to this and be like, okay, I guess I might have to watch the show a little bit. I've been trying to get him to watch it. He watches a lot of shows with his wife, and his wife's not really into um, the sports scene. So... I know uh, he's he's trying to find some time. I'll give him I'll give him credit for that. But go watch it now, Cody. I hope I've inspired you. <laughs> anyway, I really appreciate you guys listening to me. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, uh, go check out, follow us on all the social media sites, which we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, which is all Drew Code Sports Talk. Uh, Twitter again is uh, Drew underscore Code. Everything else is Drew Code Sports Talk. Um, also, go follow us on YouTube, uh, which obviously is True Code Sports Talk as well. Subscribe and rate and review. Or, no, sorry, not rate and review. Like and comment um, on all of our videos. We always want to hear from you guys, and we want to interact with you guys as well. So, please, 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 hit us up with what you think. And uh, and Cody has actually been posting a lot of videos from last week as well. Baseball is coming up, uh, obviously, as I said before we are recording Wednesday so Thursday tomorrow there is baseball meaningful baseball again and I'm so excited I'm sure next week Cody we're, Cody and I are going to be talking a lot of baseball a lot of fantasy baseball and um, you know maybe some early guys to trade for guys to kind of drop off now uh, so I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of stuff. So go check us out, but go check out our YouTube um, channels or YouTube episodes, excuse me, uh, where we have a lot of baseball stuff already. We were talking about Giants MVP, uh, Giants breakout star, and then AL and NL MVP and World Series favorites. So there's a lot that we have on there. So go check it all out. Um, and also on our podcast. We are on Spotify, iHeart, uh, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and review on those. Those are the ones we're supposed to do it. Uh, anything and everything does help. So one star will help us. Please let us know what we're what you do not like. Uh, that way we can uh, we can get better. And if you give us a five star review, please let us know what we are doing that you love. And that way we can continue to do that for you. So please. Go do that, and anything and everything really does help. I say it every episode, and it's all true. I'm not just saying that because it's part of my spiel now. I do say it because we do mean it. And go check out our partners over at fitnessfnx.com. They have um, FNX Fitness. Excuse me, I completely botched that, but that's okay. Um, go check us out on that. Um, they have great workout gears, great workout supplements. Any, they are spectacular uh, at all their all their stuff. Like they have the the tank tops. I always want to buy the tank tops. 
I use the protein powder, uh, but unfortunately, the one that I normally get, they kind of sold out right now, and that's another thing. They do sell out quick. So, if you're watching on the video, uh, there's a link in the description uh, in our YouTube channel, or YouTube episodes, um, and on our podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube and you see it on the screen here, it is uh, promo code DrewCode15, it's capital D, capital C. Uh, and you can get 15% off your whole purchase. They always have other deals going on as well, so look for those. Sometimes they'll do like 50-60% off. I think uh, recently they had like a 70% off one. So sometimes they have their stuff really on great deals. So go check them out. Um, you know, they have just amazing stuff that you're going to love. I've never been on there and been like, I hate everything on here. Every I always find something that I want, usually gear, but I don't, I'm not always the one who buys it, Cody is the one who buys it, I'm more of the supplement guy, uh, I'd rather put my money towards that, so, <laughs> that's just me, uh, but go check them out, great, great stuff, and, uh, you know, I don't know what Cody, all the other stuff that he says, uh, but, you know, thank you guys for listening, I'm not just, I'm not even going to try and fake it, thank you guys for listening, I do appreciate it, uh, it means a whole lot, and hopefully Cody will be back next week where uh, there's going to be a lot of baseball talk on how the teams are doing right now. Um, and, uh, you know, certain players, again, we'll probably talk about a little bit of fantasy baseball as well as we are starting tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, you know, we'll probably, hopefully, I get to talk a little bit of Formula One as well. So uh, I really, really am excited about this week in sports. So thank you guys again for listening. I know I've said that like 15 times, but I do appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And um, hey, hopefully we get to hear from you next time, next week. And uh, we're going to be talking about actual meaningful baseball. It just, it's insane to me. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Try the chains, you can say no free me